0: issue review fiscal services division october 8 2019 Iowa Student Loan Liquidity Corporation issue. This issue review provides information on Iowa Student Loan Liquidity Corporation, Iowa Student Loan. A 2007 issue review looked at some concerns that had arisen regarding Iowa Student Loan. A study of the organization's loan practices and recommendations from the Iowa Attorney General and State Auditor resulted in 2008 legislation to address those issues. This issue review will look at the recommendations and legislation, the resulting changes at Iowa Student Loan and how the organization is functioning today. Affected agencies: Iowa Student Loan Liquidity Corporation and College Student Aid Commission. Iowa Code sections 7C.4A, 7C.13, and 261.38. Iowa Code Chapter 261F. Background: In the late 1870s, Congress authorized states to designate a single state-based secondary market for federal student loans to increase availability of the loans. Some states chose a state agency for this function and others including Iowa chose to designate a private nonprofit corporation for this purpose. Iowa Student Loan ISL was established in 1979 by proclamation of Governor Robert Ray. ISL is not a state agency and does not receive state funds. ISL is classified as an educational nonprofit corporation under the Federal Internal Revenue Service or IRS. An Associated Press article dated July 3rd 1979 stated, College Student Aid Commission members expect that the need for the low-interest subsidized loans will exceed the amount of funds that Iowa lenders can loan. Governor Robert Ray said the new corporation will create a secondary market for student loans, allowing the lending institutions to sell off the loans they have already made so they continue making new loans. The corporation will finance its purchase of student loans through the sale of tax-exempt revenue bonds. It will buy both loans guaranteed directly by the federal government as well as those under state guarantee. Private Activity Bonds While no state funds are issued to ISL, the organization benefits from authority provided in Iowa Code Section 7C.4A to issue tax-exempt private activity bonds to support qualified student loans. Using this authority, ISL issues qualified student loan bonds or QSLBs which are an obligation of ISL as a corporation not an obligation of the state of Iowa. This bonding authority funds all education loans made by ISL to Iowa residents and to non-residents attending Iowa educational institutions. Loans made to other recipients are not funded by tax-exempt bonding. Private activity bonds are federally regulated under Internal Revenue Code Section 146. The IRS annually establishes a dollar amount to be multiplied by each state's population to determine the private activity bond volume cap for that year. For fiscal year 2019, Iowa's cap is $331.4 million, $105 multiplied by Iowa's population of 3156145 Unused cap may be carried forward, and ISL has carried forward unused cap in the past. In fiscal year 2016, ISL agreed to allow the Iowa Finance Authority, IFA, to use ISL's unused cap. Iowa Code Section 7C.4A allocates 16% of the private activity bond volume cap, currently $53 million, to ISL. IFA is allocated 30% of the cap to fund affordable housing efforts, and the Iowa Economic Development Authority, IEDA, is allocated 12% for workforce development programs under Iowa Code Chapters 260C, 260E, and 260F. The statute allocates 21% of the cap for small issue bonds issued for first-time farmers under Iowa Code Section 16.64. Another 18% of the cap is allocated to bonds issued by political subdivisions to finance qualified industries for the manufacturing, processing, or assembly of agricultural or manufactured products. Secondary Student Loan Market. The website includes listings of national, regional, and state secondary markets. The state secondary markets listed includes both state agencies and private nonprofits. ISL is included in the listing. Please look at this issue review to see the website address. Growth in non-federal student lending. By serving as a secondary market in the 1980s, ISL funded access to federally guaranteed loans. But by the 1990s, demand for supplemental private education loans had grown due to rising costs and limitations on federal loan programs. ISL reached an administrative agreement with the College Student Aid Commission as required in statute to expand the use of the QSLBs to fund supplemental private loans through the Partnership Loan Program. Chart 1 that accompanies this issue review compares the total dollar amounts of federal and non-federal student loans issued in the United States each year since 1997-98, adjusted to 2017 dollars. The non-federal amounts include loans from states and institutions, as well as private loans issued by banks, credit unions, and other lenders. The data comes from the college board's trends in Student A. The chart that accompanies this issue review shows the significant increase in non-federal student lending that drew increased scrutiny of private lending practices throughout the country in 2007. The amount of non-federal lending decreased significantly in 2008-2009. The 2008 financial crisis likely played a significant role in the decrease, but investigations around the country that led to regulatory changes were also a factor. Non-federal lending remained relatively steady through 2015-2016, increasing slightly in the last two years. Federal lending increased significantly between 2008-2009 and 2010-2011 and has been declining since then in two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen non-federal loans accounted for approximately eleven percent of all education loans two thousand seven two thousand eight investigations and findings in two thousand seven there was concern nationally that the growth in non-federal student loans was fueled at least in part by lenders engaging in questionable practices to attract more student borrowers at the same time here in iowa the relationship between iowa student loan and the college student aid commission had become contentious. The two entities shared board members and tried to work collaboratively, but the differences between a state agency and a private nonprofit, especially regarding open meetings and public records, had resulted in problems. The situation drew scrutiny from both the executive and legislative branches of Iowa government. Following is a summary of the questions and concerns raised by the legislature's Government Oversight Committee and Governor Chet Culver and the conclusions and recommendations from the state agencies that were consulted. The full text of those conclusions and recommendations can be found in the following attachments Attachment A, letter dated October 25, 2007, from State Auditor David Vaud and Chief Deputy Auditor Warren Jenkins to the co-chairs of the Government Oversight Committee. Attachment B, letter dated September 19, 2008 from Attorney General Tom Miller to Governor Culver. Attachment C, analysis and evaluation of Iowa student loan practices dated September 19, 2008 and prepared by Mark Kantrowitz, a national expert on student financial aid, at the request of the Attorney General and referenced in attachments B and F. Attachment D. Memorandum of Understanding Between the State of Iowa and Iowa Student Loan, dated September 8, 2008, and referenced in Attachment B. Attachment E. Suggested Model Practices for Private Student Lenders in Iowa, referenced in Attachment B as a model code to which ISL agreed to adhere in the future. Attachment F. Memorandum dated September 23, 2008 from Deputy Attorney General Julie Potorf and Assistant Attorney General Susan Aiden to Governor Culver referenced in Attachment B. Attachment G. Iowa Student Loan Summary of Actions Taken dated October thirtieth, two thousand eight. It should be noted that following the Government Oversight Committee's investigation of the situation and the information provided by State Auditor Vaud, the General Assembly passed two thousand eight Iowa Acts chapter eleven thirty two House File twenty six ninety Student Loans, Lenders and Funding Act during the subsequent two thousand eight legislative session. The legislation was signed by the governor on may fifth, two thousand eight and most of its provisions were effective july first, two thousand eight prior to to the correspondence from the Attorney General to the Governor. As a result, some of the Attorney General's recommendations had already been addressed at the time of his letter. Rapid growth in ISL's financial activities. The auditor identified three likely reasons for rapid growth over the previous five years. Increased tuition and other costs of college attendance. Increased willingness or need of borrowers to finance college costs. Through debt rather than other resources, and the ability of ISL to offer favorable loan terms because of its nonprofit status and ability to issue tax-exempt debt. Board Member Compensation and Conflict of Interest The auditor reviewed the compensation of ISL's Chief Executive Officer and found it to be in line with similar entities in other states. Board Member Compensation, however, drew concern from both the auditor and the Attorney General. The ISL board included the State Superintendent of Banking and representatives of the College Student Aid Commission, the Board of Regents, and the Community Colleges board members were being compensated for their service. The Attorney General and the auditor both found that while it is common for board members to be compensated for their service state and local government employees should not receive compensation from outside sources when specifically representing their governmental employer. Another concern of both the Auditor and Attorney General was the issue of conflict of interest for the Superintendent of Banking and the representative of the College Student Aid Commission in serving on the ISL board. Again, the findings were consistent. Because the banking division of the Department of Commerce performed annual examinations of ISL, the superintendent of banking, serving as an ISL board member, represented a conflict of interest. The commission's role as the state guarantor agency for federal student loans included approving eligible lenders and serving on the ISL board could impede the appearance of impartiality. In addition, the Commission had statutory authority, Iowa Code Section 261.38, Subsection 4, to negotiate agreements with ISL, but serving on the Board impinged on the appropriate distance needed for those negotiations. The practice of having a representative of ISL serving on the College Student Aid Commission was similarly identified as a conflict of interest. Neither the Auditor nor the Attorney General found a conflict of interest in having the Board of Regents the institutions under the authority of the Regents or the community colleges represented on the ISL board. Transparency and accountability. Both the auditor and Attorney General found a need for greater transparency and accountability. The auditor made the following recommendations which were then addressed in House File 2690. Require the annual audit of ISL to be filed with the Auditor of State as a public record. Authorize the auditor to review the audit reports filed and conduct any additional investigations or reviews deemed appropriate. Stipulate that ISL is subject to the open meetings provision in Iowa Code Chapter 21, provided that ISL is able to maintain confidentiality of propriety information and require ISL to prepare an annual or biennial report to be filed with the Governor and General Assembly. The report would discuss ISL's operations, financial status, and outlook for the future, as well as describe how ISL's activities serve its nonprofit mission to assure student loans are available to Iowans. While the auditor recommended fully subjecting ISL to the open meetings and records requirements, House File 2690 did not go that far. The Attorney General noted this and recommended that ISL voluntarily comply fully with the requirements to the maximum extent possible. State Government Oversight Attorney General Miller stated that ISL's operations should be subject to greater oversight by state government and that while House File 2690 had achieved... A notable improvement in that oversight, the legislation did not, quote, address all of the issues relevant to the proper oversight of ISL's operations, end quote. In his letter, Attachment B, the Attorney General discussed Standards of Conduct, Attachment E, to which ISL should be held as a tax exempt nonprofit entity established to serve the best interests of student borrowers. Marketing and Lending Practices the Attorney General found that ISL's practices favored increasing access to a wider variety of loans over making loans as affordable as possible. While access is important, the report expressed concern that affordability for some borrowers was sacrificed to increase access for others and that policy was not made clear to prospective borrowers. The Attorney General also cited three specific ISL practices that he found troubling. Marketing loans as, quote, lowest cost, end quote, when it was not always the case, not adequately promoting federal loans as the most affordable option, and not doing enough to ensure that a borrower's federal loan eligibility was exhausted before offering a private loan. The Attorney General also found that past ISL advertisements for consolidation loans were likely to mislead borrowers into believing that they could save significant money by consolidating when, in fact, the borrower would actually pay more interest because the term of the loan would be extended. The issue was resolved by ISL signing a Memorandum of Understanding Attachment D that specified how the Attorney General's concerns would be addressed in future advertising. Iowa College Access Network, ICAN Iowa Student Loan Established, ICAN, ICAN, to provide college planning services to students and their families. The report noted this as a possible conflict of interest because as a lender there was a risk that ISL would not provide objective information through ICANN and would favor ISL loans over the loans of other lenders. The report noted that between 2001 and 2007, ISL paid bonuses to ICANN and its College Planning Center employees based on the number of borrowers, ICANN, referred to ISL. Prior to the issuance of the Attorney General's report, ISL had agreed to address the concerns and recommendations of the Attorney General regarding ICANN. The Attorney General's letter to the Governor suggested that the College Planning and Public Information functions of ICANN be completely transferred to the College Student Aid Commission, which already had related responsibilities under statute. This suggestion was never implemented. Relationships with colleges and universities. The Attorney General noted past inappropriate relationships ISL had established with Iowa's colleges and universities. These included a reimbursement program in which ISL paid a fee for every loan application, $25 at a private college and $15 at Community College. ISL also made payments to the Iowa State University Alumni Association to market ISL consolidation loans. The report also found that ISL had been providing a variety of incentives to employees of Iowa colleges, universities, and community colleges. These included paying expenses to serve on ISL's boards and advisory boards and paying employees to review and process scholarship and loan applications, conduct ISL presentations at high schools, and provide consulting services for ISL data programs. ISL also provided a variety of goods and services at no cost to schools. At the time of the Attorney General's report, the identified practices had been banned by the enactment of House File 2690 earlier in the year. Relationship with Iowa College Student Aid Commission. The Attorney General's letter addressed the commission's oversight role with respect to ISL's private partnership loan program. Legislation in enacted in 1995, Iowa Code Section 261.38, subsection 4, allowed the Commission to enter into agreements with ISL to increase access for students to education loans. The statute required the Commission to determine whether such programs meet the education needs of Iowa residents. The partnership loan program resulted from such an agreement. The Attorney General noted that the Commission had the authority to impose conditions on ISL's lending practices related to the program. The letter also noted that the contentious relationship between the two entities was counterproductive to working together cooperatively. 2008 legislation enacted. House File 2690. created Iowa Code Section 7C.13, which requires that ISL submit an annual report to the Governor, General Assembly, and Auditor of State regarding ISL's operations and activities in the previous year related to use of the state's bonding authority. The statute also requires ISL to file an annual audit with the Auditor of State. The statute specifies that the deliberations or meetings of the ISL board related to issuance of tax-exempt bonds must be conducted in accordance with the state's open meetings law, sets requirements for public hearings prior to the issuance of tax-exempt bonds, and specifies which ISL records related to tax-exempt bonds must be considered public records. The statute states that the superintendent of banking shall not serve on the ISL board of directors. It requires that the superintendent annually review ISL's total assets Loan volume and reserves, as well as ISL's procedures to inform students about the advantages of federal education loan programs. The statute also specifies that the obligations of ISL are not obligations of the state of Iowa or any political subdivision of the state. House File 2690 also created what is now Iowa Code Chapter 261F, establishing a code of conduct for educational loan activities conducted by educational institutions that receive federal or state funding or assistance. Specific prohibitions for officers, employees, or agents of higher education institutions in relation to lenders include receipt of gifts from lenders, including gifts to family members or others, contractual arrangements with lenders that result in financial benefit, revenue-sharing arrangements between institutions and lenders, acceptance of funds from lenders in exchange for concessions or promises related to number or volume of loans or preferred lender arrangements, and participation on lenders' advisory councils. Exceptions are included to permit serving on a lender's board under specific circumstances intended to prevent conflicts of interest. Iowa Code Chapter 261F also prohibits an employee or agent of a lender from being identified as a representative of any higher education institution and sets disclosure standards for preferred lender arrangements and lists including a prohibition on the bundling of private educational loans outside of a narrow set of specified circumstances. The statute also establishes penalties for violations of the chapter's provisions. 2008 Iowa Acts Chapter 1107, House File 2103, College Student Aid Commission Membership, removed the statutory requirement for an ISL representative to serve on the College Student Aid Commission current situation. Iowa student loan continues to be governed by the statutory requirements established in 2008. As a result, ISL is subject to state oversight via the submission of annual reports and audits, as well as an annual review by the state superintendent of banking that includes a financial review, a review of ISL's procedures regarding marketing disclosures to potential borrowers, and verification of compliance with tax-exempt bond-issuing requirements. The ISL Board of Directors continues to be appointed by the Governor of Iowa, and board members who are state employees do not receive payment for their service. As a tax-exempt entity, ISL reports annually to the IRS via Form 990, which includes compensation for officers, directors, key employees, and highest compensated employees. The latest report available on the IRS website is for calendar year 2017. ISL's latest annual financial report dated June 30, 2018 is available on the State Auditor's website. The latest annual review by the Superintendent of Banking shows that as of June 30, 2018, ISL total assets and deferred outflows of resources were $1.55 billion, with assets consisting mostly of net student loans receivable of $1.25 billion, dollars and investments of 198.5 million dollars. The student loan portfolio consisted of 38.8% federally guaranteed loans and 61.2% private loans. The review also found that ISL is meeting the statutory requirements regarding marketing disclosures, open meetings, and public records. In addition to oversight requirements in statute, ISL management meets quarterly with the Office of the Attorney General to review items of mutual interest and to discuss significant modifications of disclosure and other consumer practices. The Education Finance Council publishes guiding principles for state and nonprofit student loan programs. ISL is working to exceed those standards and reports its progress annually. Issuance of tax exempt bonds. Since 2008, ISL has issued the following tax exempt bonds. November 2009 Student Loan Revenue Bonds 2009-1, 2009-2, 2009-3 230.2 million dollars. November 2011 Student Loan Revenue Bonds 2011A 419.5 million dollars. May 2015 Student Loan Revenue Bonds 2015A 37.8 million dollars. December 2017 Student Loan Revenue Bonds 2017C million, and May 2018, Student Loan Revenue Bonds 2018A, $74.3 million. For information on the outstanding principal balances of ISL's bonds and notes payable, see pages 31 and 32 of the corporation's latest financial statements. Loan offerings. The ability to issue tax-exempt bonds allows ISL to offer student loan programs at competitive rates. For fiscal year 2019, ISL's rates are lower than the federal direct plus loan rate and ISL also keeps fees significantly lower for most borrowers. The partnership loan continues to be offered as an option for undergraduate and graduate students who have exhausted all federal assistance available to them. Borrowers can choose fixed or variable interest rates and select from three options for repayment. ISL's most recent annual report shows the average fixed rate for partnership loans to be 2.5% lower than average rates offered by major national lenders. In recent years, the College Student Aid Commission authorized ISL to also offer a parent loan program as well as a consolidation slash refinancing loan program. ISL's college family loan is available to parents and others wishing to borrow on behalf of undergraduate and graduate students. It is similar to the partnership loan but offers only fixed interest rates. Like the federal direct plus loan, the student is not responsible for repayment. ISL's reset loan offers borrowers an opportunity to consolidate debt and to refinance to achieve a lower interest rate or monthly payment. Borrowers can consolidate federal and private loans. The most recent ISL annual report shows interest rates on reset loans between 3.5% and 7.5%. At the end of fiscal year 2018, ISL had net student loan receivables totaling $1.25 billion. This included $773.2 million in partnership loans, including college, family, and reset loans, and $488.8 million in federal student loans. ISL also carried a balance of $40.8 million in Troubled Debt Restructuring TDR Loans, which are defaulted loans where repayment terms have been modified, resulting in ISL receiving less interest income on the loans. In fiscal year 2018, ISL lost $3.2 million in interest income on the TDR loans. A diagram of a typical private loan scenario is included in the summary section at the end of this issue review. Relationship with College Student Aid Commission. The College Student Aid Commission is no longer represented on the ISL board and ISL is no longer represented on the commission. The commission's primary connection to ISL is under Iowa Code section 261.38 subsection 4 which provides that ISL can use tax-exempt bonds to offer new loan programs only through an agreement with the commission and only when the commission determines that the proposed program will meet the education needs of Iowa residents. Between 2000 and 2005, the College Student Aid Commission purchased defaulted partnership loans from ISL with the intent of using the enhanced collection authority of the state to improve the likelihood of recovery. Recently, the Iowa Department of Revenue has begun conducting collection activities on the loans on behalf of the commission. The department collected $89,000 on the loans in fiscal year 2018 and has collected another $94,000 as of July 2019. The remaining principal balance on the loans is $8.4 million. Relationships with Colleges and Universities. The only agreements in place today between ISL and colleges and universities relate to the use of the iLink system for data exchange and funds transfers necessary to process student loans. The iLink system is operated by Aspire Resources Incorporated, ISL's for-profit subsidiary. See more information on Aspire below in this issue review and is available to all schools and lenders around the country. Lenders pay a fee to use the system, but while colleges and universities must sign an agreement to use iLink, the institutions do not pay a fee. Community Outreach and Reinvestment ICANN is now an independent nonprofit with its own independent board of directors. ISL plays no role in selection of board members or is in the management of ICANN. ISL continues to be ICANN's largest funder. In fiscal year 2018, ISL contributed $981,000 to ICANN, including the value of administrative services provided under contract. The services provided to ICANN include, but are not limited to, accounting and financial reporting, payroll processing, human resources, and creative support for promotional and informative materials corporate communications, and public relations. Revenue generated by ISL beyond operating expenses and necessary reserves is returned to Iowans through community reinvestment programs offered free of charge to educate consumers about post-secondary education and financing options and how to avoid unnecessary levels of debt. ISL reports that in recent years these programs have returned more than one million dollars annually to the community. The ISL website offers a wide variety of tools for students, parents, educators, and the general public to learn more about planning and paying for undergraduate and graduate education. A few examples of tools available include the student loan game plan allows Users to calculate student loan payments based on expected starting salary and learn how to reduce college debt and make a plan to pay for college. The Parent Handbook offers tips to help families of students in grades 6 through 12 prepare for success in college and other post secondary options. The ROCI, Return on College Investment, Reality Check. Curriculum Guide is a flexible set of discussion questions and topics for educators to use in building a lesson or set of lessons relating to ROCI concepts. As an incentive to use the tools, ISL offers several different scholarship and award programs for students, parents, and high schools that use the tools. For-profit subsidiary. Aspire Resources Incorporated, originally named ISL Service Corporation, was created in 2001 as a wholly owned taxable subsidiary corporation of ISL, which appoints the Aspire Board of Directors. Aspire performs services that are outside the tax-exempt purpose of ISL. Services currently provided by Aspire on a taxable basis include, but are not limited to, customer loan servicing for ISL and for other lenders under contract, including borrower counseling, repayment plans, and debt collection. This includes responding to borrower requests for deferment or forbearance. Aspire will also reach out to borrowers who are behind in making payments to offer deferment and forbearance options as tools to avoid default. Routing of data, information on loan proceeds, on private student loans between lenders and Iowa colleges and universities through the iLink system, and management services for employers wishing to make supplemental student loan payments on behalf of employees. As of June 30, 2018, Aspire was servicing 385,906 federal and private loans owned by ISL involving 189,490 borrowers. National Comparison, a national study of private student loans published in July 2019 by LendEDU noted that such loans are increasingly being used to fill gaps left by federal borrowing limits. Based on LENDEDU's study of 200,000 users of its private student loan portal, the report estimates current outstanding private student loan debt at approximately $102 billion nationally, or 7.5% of the total outstanding student loan debt in the United States. The LENDEDU report looks at several statistics related to private student loans. ISL is not included in the report's statistics. ISL provided the following statistics comparing ISL to the national private lenders in the study. The comparison of ISL versus national lenders reflects ISL's relatively conservative lending practices with a high percentage of loans using a cosigner and with an average borrower income above the national average in the Lend EDU study. Iowa student loan averaged fixed rate 6.3%, lend edu study 10%. Iowa student loan average variable rate 7.3%, lend edu study 8.8%. Loans with co-signers, Iowa student loan 94.4%, lend edu study 62.6%. Average income of borrowers, Iowa student loan $115,000. LEND EDU study $73,000. Based on the information from the agency's task with oversight of ISL and cited in this issue review, it appears that Iowa Student Loan is complying with the requirements placed upon it by state law and that the problems identified and addressed in 2007 and 2008 have not recurred. Requirements for ISL to regularly provide reports to the General Assembly, the Governor, and the Auditor of State ensure that up-to-date public information is available regarding ISL's activities. The Superintendent of Banking's annual review of ISL, as well as the oversight of the Attorney General's Office, Ensure that ISL's marketing and lending practices are designed to provide borrowers with clear information about the products offered by ISL and to discourage the use of private loans until all federal loan eligibility has been exhausted. The website tools and other ISL outreach efforts help students and families plan for college, determine the amount of borrowing necessary to meet their goals, and understand the implications of that debt for their future. The LSA staff contact for this issue review is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. To view all charts, graphs, forms, and other text documents, please go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov and open the LSA Publications tab at the top. Click on Fiscal Analysis on the left, then under Fiscal Publications, click on Issue Reviews and go to the title, Iowa Student Loan Liquidity Corporation.